This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief Sierra 117, with a shout out to the Xbox Expansion Pass. Keep your heads up during this time of isolation. Stay positive. Play some games. Most importantly, finish the fight. Thanks for listening to XEP. Master Chief, out. Welcome one, welcome all to episode 155 of the Xbox Expansion Pass, recorded on Sunday, November 27th, 2022. I am your host, Luke Lore, the Insipid Ghost. In this episode, we welcome two friends to the show with PTK Blam of the Shop Podcast and David Whitaker of Level One Gaming over here to discuss our best memories from the Xbox 360, Callisto Protocol offering death animations in a season past, and yet more controversy in the Activision Blizzard acquisition. Enjoy. Yet another week of gaming is upon us and behind us. Welcome to XEP, discussing all things in the Gamerverse as they pertain to the Xbox ecosystem. And as I want to do each and every week, I like to start the show by offering words of kindness to those who have made my gaming week better. And this week, the words of kindness are extended to my guests, first of whom I'll introduce Mr. David Whitaker of Level 1 Gaming Fame 2K. What's up, man? Hey, man, what's going on, brother? I appreciate you once again uh, having me on. It's always a good time to hang with you. Uh, man, it's, it's going to be a vibe today. Uh, I'm, re- I'm really looking forward to the conversation. We got some really dope topics I'm excited to talk about today. So it's it's going to be a good one. Uh, it's always a good time when we talk on Xbox. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'd be remiss if I didn't yet introduce Mr. PTK Blam from the Shop Podcast. How are you, sir? I am good this morning, sir. Appreciate it. Uh, glad to be on here. Don't get to do a whole lot of different shows. So this is always nice. Luke, you already know you're one of my favorites. You stay on my tab on my phone. So a uh, shout out to XEP, but I'm glad to be here. Got a lot of stuff to talk about. So I'm ready. Well, we need to make sure we collaborate more often than we do. We were talking <laughs> sure. prior to recording. We forget to do mm-hmm. that sometimes. Uh, so boys, consider this the first of hopefully many future appearances for sure. Uh, over the next few weeks because i uh i enjoy having you guys it's it's awesome i listen to both of you as well uh and so uh, i think it, l- before we get into the actual topics uh i know we said level one gaming dave uh would you tell people where they can find you on your socials plug everything at the top of the show first please yeah so we run a website that i have uh had nothing but joy running over the last two years uh lv1gaming.com um we we do everything from news reviews original pieces uh some i know a lot of people here recently uh shout out to ryan mccaffrey from ign he told people to go and bookmark lv1 gaming to their tab which is getting us a lot more traffic which i really appreciate um on twitter at lv1 gaming uh i personally my twitter handle at f-a-m-e-e-n-t-2-k or you can just type in david whitaker because that's I've switched more to using my real name as of late. And also, uh, I did download the Hive app. Um, so it's the same across um, Twitter and Hive. And then the LV1 Gaming Hive uh, profile will be up shortly. I'm really starting to dig Hive. Like, it might really be that application that we've locked to. 
um, mm-hmm. if Twitter decides to kick the bucket, even if it doesn't kick the bucket, we just might go over there because it seems to be an awesome app. And I kind of want to support the developer because she seems really, really awesome. And she seems to have worked her butt off to create this app. And I want to make sure that I do my little small part and and, and support her. But yes, LV1Gaming.com on Twitter, um, on our website and on YouTube, LV1Gaming.com. We have lots of reviews. Our Evil West review was coming. We a little bit behind. Uh, we did get a review code. Shout out to Flying Hog. Uh, that should be coming out fairly soon. Uh, lots of Xbox content coming from me. Uh, my compadres do a bunch of uh, multi-platform stuff. I mostly stick with Xbox content. Very cool. Very cool. And Blam, let everybody know where they can find you and your content. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So you always know the the man with the plan, PTK Blam. So uh, catch us at the the shop podcast. We do run a phenomenal show every single Saturday, uh, six p.m. AZ time. I know that's a you know you might have to pull out the uh, your browser and check your your time because it's a little weird here in AZ. But that's usually about eight p.m. EST uh, as of right now. We do a fantastic uh, show. Had one last night. I saw you in chat. So shout that's out right. to Luke. Uh, for showing love you know we got to support each other we were just talking about that pre-game so that's huge uh but come holler at us at the shop podcast been doing it for about six and a half seven years now so we got a great show shout out to my my awesome co-hosts fuzzy as well as pong they make me look good every week but come check us out man we put on a great show i do do singular videos every so often i'm actually going to start doing those again because uh, i do realize the channel needs some additional content so i'm going to pick that back up as well so start to see reviews and just random individual videos pick back up as well. But come check us out. If you enjoy gaming, you enjoy good gaming talk, um, you know, a lot of cool people, come highlight us, man. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, and I'm going to echo something both of you guys said in, in two different ways, because I'm also trying to get more content out there, but make it still manageable for my like mental health. So I've been doing mm-hmm. YouTube sports over on the YouTube channel. Nice. I'm, I'm really mm-hmm. enjoying that. Some of them are funny. Some of them are just me talking. I'm enjoying doing that. Uh, which is kind of a fun way to get up with people. And then uh, Hive Social. I'm also over on Hive. And I think, Blam, you are as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm, an, I'm on Hive as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm liking that platform. And uh, for sure, all XCP content is going to be available on Hive uh, if that's where someone wants to go. And, yep, same. Uh, nice, <laughs> good, excellent. And I got to tell you, I, I could see myself migrating there. I think I might lose some people on the way, so I'm going to do it gradually. But if the app continues to improve... I think that might be a nice new space for gaming because a lot of gaming socialization happens via Twitter. But if Twitter continues kind of a toxic route or just just the weirdness that seems to be continuing over the last few years kind of is ramping up, uh, I could see myself over on Hive. You guys? Same, same. Just like just like Fame just mentioned, um, the, the app, it's, it's in its infancy, especially on like Android phones. I know it was optimized mm-hmm. for iOS first, so it mm-hmm. doesn't run that well. As soon as it's running, what, you know, it's optimized and it's running at least decent, I'm on Hive all day. I, I, as soon as I got on and signed up and made a profile, I mm-hmm. realized this, there's an opportunity there. And mm-hmm. I love what the developer is doing, even though it's only two or three people, I think, at this point. I think they hire one more person. I'm sure they're ramping up. But as soon as it gets to a, a decent state, I'm going to mm-hmm. be using that in conjunction with Twitter. I can't really see myself leaving Twitter because all the time it took to build the following on Twitter. But Hive is another opportunity. Um, a lot of people have already flocked there. A lot of people that you know follow me on Twitter as well. So it seems like a smooth transition. I like a lot of the features. They, that, that's the cool thing. It feels familiar, 
but it's mm-hmm. different. You know what I mean? As you Free play edit. around, exactly. <laughs> That's big. But as you play around in the app, you realize there's some small things that are different that are quality of life things that I do really appreciate. So I can see myself using Hive just as much as Twitter as long as it's, you know, as long as it gets running decently, especially for Android. And they get a desktop app, which I believe they're working on soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, fully agree. And I think Hive has the potential to kind of become the new hub for gaming. Yeah. Uh, not not in terms of playing games, but the conversations, because I know Discord exists in its own right. And that's that's a huge audience in a lot of ways. But Twitter was kind of a special place that I think gaming, sports and politics all occupied. If the gaming community migrates over to Hive, I think that says a lot for that platform. And uh, to your point, opens up an opportunity for new conversations. Some of the people that follow me on Hive. Uh, are people that I've been hoping would follow me on Twitter for a long time. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, well, that's cool. You know, because we're in there having an, an, in a new space and learning about it. And I wonder if we don't see the gaming community as a whole migrate there over the next few years. Oh, yeah. I I, I think we will. I don't know, Fane, what, what's your take on that? No, no, I I, I, I can definitely see it happening. Uh, I, I'm there. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping that I can. I, I put out a tweet and I was like, hey, if you're a mutual of mine, you know, for some reason, I was having a hard time. I guess because I use uh, Android of a Galaxy S22 or whatever. Um, it still had so many issues where I was searching people's names and it just wouldn't pop up. Right. Um, so I'm hoping that uh, I put out a tweet and say, hey, if you're a mutual of mine, like here's my profile. If you follow me, I will follow back. I just, I don't know if I'm not following you now because I, I really can't find you. Like I'm having so many issues right now. Yeah. No, I, I ran into some of the same issues and I've had to double back here and there. And I find myself uh, kind of every few days going in and checking because I'm an Android user and it is slow right now, for sure. Yeah. Not as many issues as uh, as Mastodon. That was... Jesus I didn't even Christ. try Mastodon. I did not jump it, on that train, yeah. It was not worth your time. Yeah. Not designed, I think, for what we were hoping it was. <laughs> At all. So what, what we're looking for, truth be, I, I know I want to go on a tangent now. Truth be told, what we're all looking for is Twitter 2.0. That's it. Because Twitter it. in its state <laughs> is perfect. It's perfect for a lot of things that we want to do. We want improvements on Twitter. So we were not looking for a substitution, which we, 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 we didn't want that. We wanted a Twitter 2.0, a base Twitter with all the improvements we want and the and the less you know toxicity that we all crave for. Yep. Agree. Fully agree. Well, boys, uh, here's hoping that Hive takes off and that if you, any of our, our listeners today are able to find us over on Hive, please give us a follow there and some support uh, for sure. Guys, I do want to go ahead and transition us into one of our first topics, and that, of course, is the Xbox 360. It celebrated its 17th anniversary this past week. That was November 22nd, 2005, that 360 came out. Uh, Hyperkin announced they were doing a new controller, the Xenon controller. It's a replica of the old 361. Uh, It is wired, which is kind of a bummer, but it's kind of got that, that same retro vibe, similar to how they put out the Duke not too long ago. Uh, to celebrate an anniversary and whenever we get these dates i mean 17 years isn't like a 20 year or 25 or even 15 it's just it's kind of in the middle but it's a good opportunity to look back on some good memories and for me the xbox 360 era was special and i have a lot of thoughts on why it was special but i wonder if uh plan we, we could start with you on this one tell me did, did you were you in on the 360 was that your gaming space and do you have any good memories from it oh absolutely 
Absolutely. Where do we start? I mean, so many games, so many gaming memories on that 360. So truth be told, my first online, fully online Xbox Live gaming experience was on the 360. I did not get a chance to do it on the OG Xbox One. Uh, the best I got was System Link. So I never got a chance to get in early on Xbox Live on that OG Xbox, uh, that OG Xbox. So um, 360, I remember first online game, jumping in playing halo 2 halo 2 halo it 2. was life-changing getting in that online co- uh, that online multiplayer oh man running around just that first experience it was like coming out of water i don't know what it, I, I don't really know um to describe it but it felt amazing but so many memories um from the, the the library of games some people would argue luke that that was xbox peak i'd argue mm-hmm. they're peaking now but oh. you know that's a whole nother discussion. We we could talk about that a little bit later. But it was a phenomenal generation. So much support. That's back when they had a ton of support in Japan. I don't know if you mm-hmm. remember Luke. All of the Japanese games we were getting, the cameos, the the um, infinite undiscoveries, all these different games we were getting back then. Ton of different support. So much variety. Um, yeah, it was. I was very very fond uh, of the 360. I played that a lot, like just nonstop. Um, so just to throw it out there. Back during the 360 generation, I was mainly a Halo player, but I transitioned halfway through once Modern Warfare came out from playing Halo 3 online to pretty pretty much playing Call of Duty. And that's kind of where I stayed. 360 was my Call of Duty uh, platform. That's all I did really, really on 360 was play Call of Duty and college football at the time. So I had a lot of fond memories. And that was probably... Uh, in, in my top three consoles of all time with the Sega Genesis and probably the Xbox Series uh, S and X. So I have very, very fond memories of that system, put tons of hours in a lot of great games. But uh, yeah, man, I, it's cool to see them go back and do that controller as well. Now, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know how practical the controller is because obviously the buttons are different. We have extra buttons, things like that. But it's always cool to see them go back and pay homage to the uh, to this awesome system that was the 360 i mean it shaped a lot of a lot of people's uh a lot of xbox vision going forward um you know it it built that found base that they didn't really have on that og xbox as nice as that system and as forward thinking as the xbox was it didn't quite grab people until the 360 came out that's when xbox finally hit their stride and people realized oh they're really like making video games they're not just trying this out when the 360 came out that's when people realized xbox was for real so i have a lot of fond memories from that system has a and and I do want to have the conversation about whether or not Xbox is peaking now versus <laughs> then. We are going to have that, but I want to give uh, Fame a chance to go ahead and say his piece on his kind of initial first uh, lead in to the Xbox 360. Where were you at on that one? You know, I I, I want to go back and, and circle really quickly a point that PTK Blam had brought out about the the uh, Japanese support on the Xbox 360 because it really was there. I don't think people truly paid attention to how much that support is, was more so there than it is now. Cause we had, you know, some of the titles, the, the lost odysseys, the, the tales of Vesperia. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had the uh, final fantasy 13 was there. There was no issue about final fantasy games coming to Xbox. We had enchanted arms. We had blue dragon. It was so many games you could think of that were there on that console. And we didn't have to worry about whether or not a game was going to come over because the support was there. Uh, so uh, amongst those games that I mentioned, uh when i really think about xbox 360 right uh i can't go through without two two memorable moments games right gears of war 3 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because to this day, Dom's death still hurts. Spoiler alert. I'm sorry for those who, <laughs> who, who have chosen not to play the greatness that is Gears of War, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Dom's death in Gears of War 3 is still a moment in gaming history uh, that it always reoccurs and pops up. Hey, I've seen a video. Someone put a, uh, I forgot the name of the song over that clip. I was like, I'm about to cry right now because this man shouldn't have died. And then again, the Xbox 360 was the glory days of Call of Duty. Oh man. Black Ops 2. Peak. Black Ops 2 was everything for me as far as the game that I came home and played every single day. Like not the stuff I played in between if I'm gonna get on Lost Odyssey and stuff like that. That was great. Mm -hmm. But the game I played relentlessly because it was at its peak. I'm talking we weren't in parties. We was in game chat. And y'all, y'all, y'all know how that get down. Um, Black Ops Two is is like super memorable for me for the Xbox Three and that controller, which uh, Luke mentioned, we're kind of getting back. Oh, even though I wish it was wireless. Oh, it yeah, needs man. to be wireless. Uh, <laughs> that is one of the greatest controllers of all time. The Xbox Three Sixty. Uh, yes, the Red Ring of Death was a terrible moment in time in gaming. I myself had two. Red Ring of Death. Xbox well, I went through about five Xbox 360s, man. <laughs> but I didn't waver. I didn't even get a, I didn't get a PS3 until the end of the generation because I was just so in on Xbox, right? When I finally got my PS3, I was able to play a lot of those games that I missed, but I was so in on Xbox. Even with the Red Ring of Death, I didn't waver. I just went out and got another Xbox. And eventually, I figured out how to get the other ones fixed to work, you know? Um, but the 360 was it was uh, it was everything for me as far as console gaming. Uh, still one of the greatest consoles, probably top three greatest console of all time. Maybe maybe even one and two. Man, that's high praise. That's high praise. I uh, I think back to the 360. Man, I sold plasma in college to <laughs> to be able to, to afford a console so I could play the first Gears of War. Uh, man, I I think back to you're talking about Black Ops. For me, it was Modern Warfare's one and two, mm. and those mm. those were those were the games that were special. Uh, I drove into my first Halo game, which was Reach, because I was very anti Halo for a long time. I was like, no, wow, I'm really, this. Luke? You would never the, guess now. <laughs> you would never guess now. But see, that's the thing. It was like at the time, it was like you're either Gears or you're Halo. True, right? That was that was the at least that was my ridiculous mentality. And then Halo Reach arrived, and it was it changed everything. And I was like, "Oh no, I love Halo!" And, and so uh, those were good moments for me, man. And I I still remember I was at a down, down, down place in life. And Gears of War three for a lot of reasons that I, I don't need to share in this conversation specifically, but like for a lot of reasons, Gears three got me back up uh, and able to 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 make it to the next thing, kind of kind of thing. And uh, it was cool because. At the midnight launch for, because at this time I was I was struggling hard in life. At the midnight launch for Gears Three, I was talking to the manager, and he realized that I knew my stuff and that I was interested. I ended up with a manager position at GameStop for that holiday, and then awesome, I worked there for a year. Kind of got back on my feet just just because, and it's it's kind of just neat how gaming has that that influx. But uh, man, three sixty was a special system, right? I went through two, and I was still like, yo. Give me more. I'm okay with it. Dude, I went Here's through five 360s, like red ring after red ring, and I'm just going right back to the store buying <laughs> 360s over and over again. I didn't even care, bro. Like, it didn't even bother me. I would be I'd be upset for a day or two. I'm like, you know what? 
I'm gonna just wait till next week and go get another one. <laughs> yep, it was a combination of PS3 not being very user friendly and it was overpriced and didn't really have the games at the time. And Xbox was handling that red ring like champs. Yeah, we'll pay oh, for yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. We'll send you a new one. Here you go. No questions asked. Okay. And so I think it was a combination of that because that would never fly now, no matter who's oh, making no. it. Oh, <laughs> no. No, definitely not. Definitely not. And I, and so I'm the opposite of you, Luke, when it comes to you said you were you were not such a big Halo fan. Right. Mm-hmm. At, at, at one point in time, I had to be pried off of Halo three to get to Call of Duty Modern Warfare. So it took me about a year, year and a half to finally go out and purchase COD four because all my friends transitioned from Halo three and I felt abandoned. I had like <laughs> abandonment issues. Like, why is everybody mm-hmm. playing COD cod four what is this cod four we supposed to be playing halo three i was so salty luke i was i would get look at my friend list and i'm the only one still playing halo everybody else playing modern warfare and i was so upset about it but finally i went went ahead and bought the game transition over then fell mm-hmm. in love with call of duty as well took me like a year and a half though because i was staunch i was like i'm not leaving halo you guys could go play that call of duty stuff <laughs> I, was, I had the same story except it was i was on gears and then halo 3 came out and people were jumping into halo 3 and i'm like what are y'all doing what, are y'all do- <laughs> what, what, are, what is this uh and and i was so so anti but like they, we had tribes for our games you know what i mean it was like, no, this is where this is where I'm planting my flag. This is my game. This is what I'm playing. Uh, and I missed out on stuff at first because of that attitude, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Uh, boys, if there was one game that you could bring back and have a good memory for the first time once again from the 360 era, what would it be? Ooh, this is. This is good. Um, for me, it will be college football, and I know that's coming back, right? It's coming back at some point. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think there's been an announcement recently, but uh, it was. I played like that. It was, it was either Halo, Call of Duty, or NCAA football. So, I just remember getting buying that game. I bought it up until probably 2009. Um, the the last one had Darren McFadden on the cover. That's the last mm-hmm. NCAA football game that I bought. Um, but I played, I, I played that it, like an exorbitant amount of time. Like I would pause it, go to work for eight hours, come home and finish the game. Cause I didn't want to lose progress. Mm-hmm. I was playing through like the, you know how, um, you know, depending on the version that you bought, they had, you could play essentially from like a high school player and they get recruited to college. And I did all of that. Like nice. that game was, I invested so much time in that game and I hope it comes back. Um, in a big way, I'm, I'm I'm really crossing my fingers here. You know, EA is not the same EA they were back then, but I'm I'm crossing my fingers that they take care of this IP because it's been so long that they've done NCAA football. So that would be the one game that I would, if I could relive that feeling over again. You know, uh, getting recruited and you know, uh, you know, then winning Heisman every single year. <laughs> you know, with my character, just the feeling like it. It just I felt like I was in the game. You know, living vicariously through it so that that would be the one game i would i would uh want to go back and re, re uh you know refill that all over again nice that's cool that's a good you know, memory for me um <clears throat> I, I i'm gonna have to go with the original gears of war game because mm-hmm. the original gears of war game did something that the other games kind of moved away from and that was that horror element to it yeah i'm not a big horror horror you know game fan right but they did it perfectly. And if you go back and play, I know it's been it's we're we're about to hit Gear Six soon. If you go back and play the first Gears of War, you realize, hey, this was a, this was a horror game. 
this this was this was a horror game and they kind of mm-hmm. shifted from that i'm not saying necessarily a bad thing because i pretty much enjoy even uh what's the gears of war after three that everyone hated um, um judgment judgment judgment, judgment. I even I was even on the on the hey judgment's not that bad type of game because I just love gears that much right yeah people hated that game and I was like it's it's not I never bad understood you know? that fame I thought that was contrived I never understood the hate for yeah that. people good. wanted to hate that game yeah they were ready for something new. The, judgment was one of those games that like it's kind of like God of War Ascension like they were trying to get one more in before the generation shift and really they should have just let it sleep until the generation yeah. shift but the game itself great well made fun a lot of good gameplay in there no reason to complain about that and they tried some stuff with it that were hit and miss i didn't think Bulletstorm did a bad job with that title at all i i I didn't think so either i I really enjoyed it but again it's it's that original og gears with that horror element like i i would and as someone who doesn't play a lot of horror games like i would be all for reliving that all over again for the first time I said bullet storm like the other ones that made it. People can fly. That's what I meant. People can fly. <laughs> People can fly. It, you, know, you know, it's one of those things where like we hear something like, oh, that they might be right, and we just move yep. forward. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but I had that gnawing mind in my mind. I'm like, wait a minute, they made bullet storm. That's not right. That's all right. Oh man. So I'm I'm with you on the gears thing for sure, fame. Because for me, that was a horror title, and I was in on it. I like. I wish it would go back to that vibe. Truth be told. Um, and I thought about saying Arkham Asylum because Arkham is my favorite mm. game series of all time nice. now. I uh, just kind of grew into that, uh, despite my love for so many others. But one, there's a memory that stands out from Gears 2 that isn't related to the story at all. Because I think Gears 1's story is the best of them. Um, but it was playing Horde mode with a group of people. My girlfriend at the time, mm. my buddy. We were in three different rooms on three different Xboxes. Uh, we, had, we had a full squad and we did 0 to 50 in Horde mode. The first time we did that, that was a good feeling because we were yelling from room to room, back and forth. It was it was like my the dorm rooms 2.0 because we used to code our <laughs> Xboxes to be able to play in the dorms. Uh, but it that first time Horde experience was a good vibe. Uh, and I have never been able to re- recapture that. No matter what it is, anywhere, it's like that was a good feeling, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, some classic, 100%. classic games. Yep. Yep. Xbox 360, man. Special, special era. And I do want to touch on this one. Uh, you are arguing, Bland, that 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 is not peak Xbox era. We are now in that now. And I'm curious because I there are a lot of ways I agree with you on that and a lot I would wonder. Uh, given the lack of first party support in 2022, can you stand by that still? Absolutely. So I just think Xbox is better equipped. Now, are they using all of their tools in the toolbox? No. Mm -hmm. But as a company, their vision, you know, Phil being the head, we didn't have Phil. Now, no no slight to whoever the uh, CEO was at that point in time. I don't remember. It might have been the the dude that was. uh, Yeah, Peter Moore. I was going to say. I couldn't think of his name. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, he was a great CEO. But the, the, the way Xbox is rolling, the vision they finally have. Sati is 100% behind the company because remember back then there was always this discord between the two. Xbox mm-hmm. was just a part of Microsoft, but they never were on the same page. They never looked at them. They never sat at the big boys table. Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember that guy's hand. The guy who owned Nokia had his hands on the purse strings at the time. He, they weren't giving the type of support, although the system was getting support you know, from like Japanese developers and third party. They weren't where they're at currently now. There's a synergy amongst Microsoft and Xbox that did not exist back then. 
So on top of the fact that they're just spending crap tons of money, the the IPs, they're they're the most insulated that they've ever been. They can make they're capable at this point in time, Luke, of making any kind of game that they absolutely need to make that the market demands at this point. They have enough first party studios, especially once this ABK deal, when and if it actually goes through, they'll mm-hmm. be they'll be bricked up. They'll have more than enough studios to make any type of game that they need to make. They've insulated mm-hmm. themselves for all these random market changes that happen, and they don't need to panic when things happen. Say a specific type of game takes off, they don't need to panic. We got the in-house talent to do that now. That mm-hmm. didn't necessarily exist back then. They had to go find it, had to go get it. To be fair, the fan mm-hmm. base was a lot smaller. You know, it's, it's this is back in two, 2007, 2008. Yeah, gaming um, was smaller. Yeah, gaming in general was a lot smaller. So mm-hmm. I think just the growth of gaming, um, the synergy is to me is the key between Microsoft as a parent company and Xbox. That's the key. Sati is all on board. They all have the same vision. Cloud gaming is taking off. I didn't even get in a game pass. I think that speaks for itself. So mm-hmm. I think with all of those tools, they're the best that they've ever been. Now, we'll see how they execute, you know what I mean, everything that they have. Because they got a war chest full of stuff, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to pull everything off. So we'll see how they execute. But from a position standpoint, Luke, I don't even think it's close. They've never been in, in, in a better position than they currently are. I can't argue with any of that logic. Fame, where are you at on this one? Uh, when it comes to being in a position, you're right. I mean, we, we, we when we go back to pre Phil Spencer dominance uh dominance we had four first party studios yeah uh Lionhead 343 uh Coalition and um Turn uh, 10 Turn 10 yep right mm-hmm. uh cuz even at one point the uh Playground Microsoft didn't own Playground you know mm-hmm. <laughs> they were just a studio that did Forza they didn't, they didn't own the studio right right so when you think about we think about 360, it has so many games, right? But a lot of that was third party stuff. Like the 360s lived uh, primarily off of third party, mm-hmm. uh, for third party deals. Um, of course, they famously had the Call of Duty deal, stuff like that. Um, but a lot of developers were not in house, right? So they were limited on what it, on what they could do. Uh, the Xbox One came, and that's when we kind of realized, like, holy crap. There's like four internal studios here. Like, what, <laughs> yeah. what is happening? Like, so we and then we as a collective, we complained, hey, we need you guys to invest more and and first party. Mm-hmm. And they've done that at, to an incredible level and to the point to where Twitter is nonstop talk about Microsoft making another deal. Um I, I still look at to me personally, I still think that deals like uh getting playground was smart because they were on the brink of, you know probably being an incredible third party studio making games for the platforms, right? Because they're incredibly talented over there in Playground, right? Glad they make them mm-hmm. first party. Getting Ninja Theory. Yep. Huge. I, I am I am a Hellblade fanboy. I love Hellblade, <laughs> right? I was there on PlayStation 4 day one. Uh, I bought it there day one. I bought it day one when it released on Xbox. Uh, I played it on Game Pass and I bought a physical copy because I wanted okay. to support Ninja Theory. I want to support them because they're such an incredibly talented studio. Mm-hmm. Um, that's they're they're on my bucket list of studios. I would love to interview if someone at Ninja Theory is happening. Listening, and let's I'll make let that you happen. Ninja Theory, get them on there. Get them on level but one. PTK, and- in a lot of ways, he is correct. This is Xbox is is peaking. 
only thing we need now is to see the results of exactly. what we know is there. We know uh, right now Obsidian has Xbox on its back, right? <laughs> Drop you, you know, you know, say it, man. Say it, we got Outer Worlds two coming up. We got a mm-hmm. Vow coming up. Um, getting Bethesda was you getting Starfield, Redfall, um, Xbox. I don't think they peak. They're, they're peaking like this yes. is like yes. once twenty twenty three hits, and I know people say, "Oh, Xbox guys, you're always talking about the future and what's coming." Once twenty twenty three hits, all these studios have not just been sitting on their hands. They've been working on games, right? We mm-hmm. just had to be a little bit patient for these games to come out, right? And starting twenty twenty three, when we're definitely getting Redfield, we're definitely getting Starfield, uh, Redfall, uh, Starfield, we're getting Forza Motorsport eight, and we're likely going to get another one of those titles, whether it's uh, Hellblade, which I'm kind of look maybe not because I just finished the mocap on it, but possibly avowed there's a lot of different games from a lot of different studios set to drop and i think this activism blizzard thing whether it goes through or not um it's going it's going to be an incredible time to to either own an xbox or own a pc or own a tv that can stream or have a smartphone it's going to be an incredible time to be a gamer because no matter where you are you want to have access to all of these incredible titles that are coming can't i can't i can't disagree with any of that and it's funny when i think about the peak of xbox i'm torn between the idea of all these great gaming experiences or or games i should say on the xbox 360 but then i look at the hardware in this generation and how well designed the series s and x are i look at the services involved not just uh, xbox live's efficiency but cloud saves uh how easy it is to transition between x cloud to my console back to x cloud jump into pc it's it's seamless to just play the game and have my saves be there uh and then you have game pass with not just first party content which i think people could make an argument for for not being where it should be uh and then they would be remiss if they forget how well sea of thieves forza horizon the halo Mm -hmm. uh infinite fan bases are doing there's a really strong fan bases doing very well in their own right um and and then what they have coming i I lean towards we are close to peaking. I don't think we're there yet. I think we are actually in a better position than 360, but I'm not sure we're peaked at the moment because of all that potential. You're talking about Ninja Theory. Man, they were the first team that Xbox acquired to put out kind of a side project. And it was bleeding edge, and it didn't land where they wanted it to, but they made the game happen, and they showed other developers, hey, You've got your main projects, which which we want you in on, but we're going to support your other levels of creativity. And because of that, now, then we get Pentiment. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Then we get grounded. Uh, and that mindset of, yeah, we want the pillar, but we also want your other teams to be supported. That helps studio culture. I think the peak is on its way. I don't think we're there yet. No, that's a good point. And I, I would agree with more so I, I might have said we're at this peak, but I agree, like you said, the peak is around the corner. It's 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 very, very it's coming very, very soon. But I think the, the big thing for me, and I agree hundred percent with everything you said, Luke, it is the synergy with me from top to bottom within the company. There there's there used to be, it seemed like there there was like a you know, a, a separator there with Microsoft and Xbox. It was always okay, that Xbox always felt like it was a side project for Microsoft. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It felt like that was just a thing and we're going to put money into it as needed. Although the the system sold well and, you know, Xbox came and went, but it everybody is unified 
at this current point in time from the CEO of the entire company all the way down. And I think that's crucial for growth. I think it's crucial for the plans that they have going forward. They weren't talking about two, three billion people, you know, during that 360 year. Obviously, that was a different time, but they're talking about two, three billion people at this point in time from a like CEO all the way down level. You know, and that's and, and they, they've shown a ton of unity. Um, by by making Phil the head of uh, CEO of, of gaming at Microsoft as a whole, like putting that on the forefront, allowing them to sit at the table and be part of those larger conversations. Um, you know, they got the, the cloud service is huge and uh, Xbox fits that as well. It feels like an essential part of Microsoft is basically mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say. Whereas before it wasn't that wasn't the case. At least it didn't feel like it. And they didn't treat it like it either. That's a good point. Can't argue with any of that logic. It makes good sense, boys. Uh, any closing thoughts on Xbox 360 that you want to touch on before we move on? We're feeling good. No, it's pretty good. Sounds like we're feeling good. <laughs> All right, there we go. All right, boys. I hate to do it, but it must be brought up. Activision Blizzard, the deal, the acquisition is back in the news once again. Seems like we consistently have to bring this up. And uh, I got to tell you, at this point, I'm getting tired of it. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, the FTC looks set to challenge the deal and perhaps force some concessions. Uh, this is expected and understood. I think this is why Microsoft had suggested caution in, in that they were planning for these things. Uh, there's some interesting elements that have come out in this latest round of, of documents. Sony suggesting that if Call of Duty goes exclusive to Microsoft, be it seven years or 10 years uh, later, that would allow Microsoft to raise console prices and game prices uh, this comes, mind you, uh, on the heels of, X, of PlayStation, rather, raising console prices in several markets, uh, as well as raising their game prices for this generation. It seems odd. Also, Asterix, it feels like Xbox is set to raise their console prices as well uh, after this holiday. It looks like they were kind of keep them locked down, but just based on inflation, hardware needs, and whatnot throughout the, the gaming industry, raising prices seems to be almost the norm at this point. Sony seems fearful uh, or has suggested that they can't compete in the shooter space, specifically saying that nothing matches Call of Duty. Uh, and this is kind of flying in the face of Battlefield, Apex Legends, uh, and so many other top-tier first-person first experiences, including uh, recently purchased Bungie's Destiny. Uh, Sony purchased Bungie, and they, of course, are Destiny. So there's a lot of, of uniqueness about this uh, situation. Uh, and gentlemen, I don't know if you caught this. This was something Brad Sams came uh, brought to attention on his channel. The UK uh, is currently investigating Apple and Google's uh, duopoly uh, on the app stores, meaning that they are not quite a monopoly, but they hold such a stranglehold on app stores that they are being investigated for a duopoly. Who could help this deal? Microsoft. Uh, mm-hmm. And they are hoping that Microsoft will step in to kind of bring a third competitive avenue to this one so it's interesting to watch the uk condemning uh microsoft on one end but needing their help in another uh and the mobile space is exactly why microsoft seems to want this activision blizzard deal my thought process on this one before i let you jump in is that the activision blizzard deal is less about call of duty and more about that mobile space cod mobile candy crush the ability to put efforts uh, mobile efforts into an app store and perhaps uh offer some competition in that way. Uh, another way to access game pass. That is my thought process on it. Um, fame. Why don't you jump in on this one? Let me know how, how, how are you feeling given all the consistent news we're exposed to 
with uh, Activision Blizzard's acquisition? I'm going to be honest. Um, I put on the I'm so sick of this talk face for every <laughs> man. Listen, give me more. Give me more. Give give me all of that. I, like I want it. all of that. Listen, <laughs> listen, I agree with you. Right. I think that the mobile aspect of this is super, super duper important. Right. I think that's that's one of Microsoft's in, 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 in games. Right. Mm-hmm. However. I do think the, the biggest part of this deal is it, it, it is and it will be at least in most people's eyes and most gamers eyes, because a lot of a lot of gamers in our space, even though there's billions of games across the world and most of them, a, a lot of them do mobile in our space. It is the console space and Call of Duty is super important. Here's mm-hmm. here's what I personally believe is is the hiccup. Right. For some reason, people believe that Microsoft needs to offer a forever deal to, mm-hmm. to PlayStation for Call of Duty. That doesn't exist in the world of business no company would ever sign anyone to a hey you can have my ip forever mm-hmm. who would sign that right what's likely to happen which i don't have proof of this but let's say uh minecraft do you think playstation has a forever deal with minecraft no it's probably somewhere between three to ten years mm-hmm. and every so often when a deal comes up they say hey i need you to uh, resign the paperwork deal coming up and playstation obliges and they sign it and they move on right Mm -hmm. because no one gets a forever deal imagine you know if you watch football and the the cowboys sign zeke to a forever deal you don't do that right it's it's it's, hey here's a contract and when it's up we can renegotiate it or whatever case might be and that's Mm -hmm. what's happening playstation wants a the the fans want a forever deal that doesn't exist in business number two playstation wants xbox to not do to them what they do to Xbox as far as exclusivity, right? So their concessions, their concessions to the FTC and the, and, and the CMA is going to be likely as follows. Hey, Xbox, and, and this is in some of the documents, Xbox cannot make the game run better on Xbox, which I don't think Xbox would do. That's kind of silly. That's their IP. They want it to look great mm-hmm. in the eyes of everyone, right? right. Number two, Xbox cannot allow... Uh, play here first on xbox we can do that but xbox cannot do that xbox mm-hmm. cannot do that's not allowed mm-hmm. xbox cannot have an exclusive skin they cannot have an exclusive game mode and for the most part if you kind of paid attention to it phil is okay with that phil has been out on those type of deals with with uh on uh, call of duty for a while now so i can see that being a concession right mm-hmm. where they will not be in and should not be in as if the FTC and or the CMA decides, hey, we'll let this go through, but you got to let this be on PlayStation Premium. Hell no. Mm-hmm. Hell no. That's where Xbox draws line. Hey, I will sell this console. I will sell this game on your console. Mm-hmm. It would be on par and parity with the Xbox. But what I will not do is hurt Game Pass because this game going into Game Pass will be big. Mm-hmm. And I think that is part of the hiccup here because they're going to want xbox to put this game on playstation subscription service and they would not and should not do it if i'm xbox that's when i walk away from the table and i can use that 70 billion dollars well it's going to be a little less than that because they're going to have to give activision three like three three billion billion, right so Mm -hmm. it was was 67 they're going to walk away with 64 billion dollars and if i if i'm them when if I'm being told, hey, we won't put this through unless you put this on their service, I'll walk away and I use that money to go buy other studios, other IPs, whatever case we got to do, because I think that's where you draw the line. Because Microsoft 
has an Xbox has carved out their own lane. Mm-hmm. Nintendo has their own lane. PlayStation has their own lane. AAA, third person, over the shoulder, cinematic, big top movie type game. That's their lane. Xbox says, you know what? We're going to create a service where people can game anywhere and we're going to put a bunch of super dope games in this thing. We're going to make it really affordable. Hey, the price might go up. You're paying 15 a month and that it might be 20, but hey, you get some of the best games uh, and you get the top selling game every year for 15 bucks uh, mm-hmm. a month. Um, that's Xbox's lane. They're going to create a bunch of super amazing games. They're going to put them in a the subscription service. Xbox is creating their own lane. And it seems as if, you know, PlayStation is wanting to copy that in a way, but by, by, by not completely putting that foot in by saying, hey, we're going to do these the services, but we're not going to put our first party games in there. Microsoft mm-hmm. is saying we'll do that. And so if their concession is, hey, you know, you got to put yours in their service, even though if this game, if PlayStation owned this game, they wouldn't put this game in their service. You have mm-hmm. to do that. If I'm Xbox, I'll walk away. I completely walk away from it. Uh, at the end of the day, I do think this deal is going through. Mm-hmm. I do think we're going to get parity amongst consoles. Uh, but the key, the key, and, and, and in my eyes, as a gamer, I care more about day one of Game Pass than I do at Same. 100%. 100%. Give me day one of Game Pass. And you give me day one COD every year in Game Pass, along with, you know, um, all the other games that is not Activision Blizzard. You give me all of that, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great point because I, given all the cross play experiences I've had, where my buddy is jo- usually Joseph Moran, he's ugly. Uh, if I ever play with him, <laughs> uh, <that's> Joe. <laughs> no, no, don't shout him, man. He sucks. Um, yeah, I play with him probably four, four or five days a week. He's usually on his PlayStation if we're playing COD. If we're not playing Sea of Thieves or Halo, he's on his PlayStation. We're playing Fortnite, we're playing COD, whatever it is. And I don't care one bit what controller he's using, what plastic box he's rocking. As long as we're gaming together, I'm having fun with my friend. And I am so down, so down for Microsoft to have games day and date into their service. And I couldn't care less whether they're exclusive. What's that possibility of more people playing games I love, like Sea of Thieves or Halo? I'm in. That's why I was stoked to see Cloud doing what it's doing. Stoked to see uh, Microsoft doing stuff on PC. And uh, I, I am I am there for that. So if they have to make a deal like that at some point, I'm cool with it. I'm absolutely cool with it because I just want to play and be able to play with who I want to play with. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, 100 percent. So I get a kick out of the idea that that uh, Microsoft has been, you know, was having issues with the EU's financial commissions. And then now they're being needed to kind of potentially investigate this duopoly for uh, the 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 app store. I think there's a, a funny bit of, I guess you would say, karmic harmony in that, at least on my end. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And, and and I think I think Microsoft and they've proved it over the last few years. They're in the business of making good with regulators. And and I and that's, I think for uh, some people, it's a bit of a shock that they're having this much issues but microsoft wants to be if you, even though they're a tech giant one of the richest companies in the world they want to be on good graces with regulators so i could definitely mm-hmm. see them waltzing over there and saying hey you know i got a solution for you baby but by the way <laughs> i got this other thing going on here i need you guys kind of wrap that up first mm-hmm. uh, i do think a lot of a lot of stuff that you hear rumors about the game of war stuff like that we're going to get 
Microsoft and PlayStation sitting on their hands until this is over with. I think we're going to be at a stalemate until this deal is finalized. Think so? I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you on that one. I don't think they can announce new acquisitions or certain elements of of their business without uh, some end in sight for this deal because from what I can tell, the people that are in charge of investigating this deal are, are very unfamiliar with gaming. Oh, very. Mm-hmm. And very. so from the, yeah. So from the outside looking in, it's like, all right, they don't know what's going on. Microsoft has to tread lightly with how they approach, uh, approach their new mm, potential audience in some of these regulators. Yeah. And that's an interesting vibe to, to kind of observe and watch. And you don't want to give them more to look at. You don't right. want to give them more to look. It's like there's there's not there's nothing substantial behind this rumor, right? But a lot of people are saying, "Hey, look at these studios that Embracer Group is letting um, Microsoft use with their games." Uh, is is Embracer Group just sitting on these studios until Microsoft finishes Activision and Blizzard? Then they're going to buy Crystal Dynamics from Embracer Group. Like all of this stuff is like rumors are floating around. I think it's freaking hilarious. Mm-hmm. But stuff like that is is harmful. To what Microsoft is trying to do, so they're they're trying to lay low, they're trying to keep quiet, and I'm I'm sure there's things that are just waiting to be signed off on, uh, but they can't until this is over with because you don't want to give these regulators anything else to look into. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they're already yep. looking at the books already. We don't <laughs> they already yeah you know fine tooth comb and everything regarding Xbox and this deal anyway. So I do agree. I do agree. And I guess I'll just go ahead with my point here, Luke, if you don't mind. Please. Um, so this ABK, once again, and we got to talk about this, people, right? I get people are like, oh, well, this is, look, we got to talk about it. It's it's relevant going forward. It's going to be relevant even more so as the deal gets closer and closer to being done. But um, I think that the funny thing is the alarming amount of hypocrisy. It's alarming. And I think that's the, the best choice of word I could use for it, Luke. Mm-hmm. Um, they're base Sony basically said we don't want them to, to become us. We don't want them to do what we do. Mm-hmm. That's not fair. <laughs> they right. they can't they can't do what we do better than what we than, than how we do it. So that's basically just to surmise what PlayStation and what Sony's argument is. That's basically the argument. The concessions, like like you said, I'm with you 100% fame. And I said this on the shop podcast like two weeks ago. I'm I'm good with everything up until the point you talked about. Up until the whole day one on Game Pass point, I'm not conceding that at all because that separates me from you, Sony. I could, I, Xbox tried to do the whole first party, you know, third party, let's go ahead and make the same similar type of games as PlayStation. And that's not necessarily their lane. You know, it didn't hit the right way for Xbox. So they said, let's go back to the drawing board. Let's figure something out. Oh, look at these three to three, you know, two, three billion gamers. How can we access them? Oh, look, let's create a, you know, Game Pass-like service. You know, let's call it Game Pass. That's the the largest separator between the two companies. And Sony doesn't have the ability to match what Game Pass offers, quantity and quality. They, they just don't have the infrastructure. So by, by you trying to cut my feet off and say, hey, you can do everything, just don't put the game in Game Pass, this is ridiculous. I spent $69 billion on this company. You didn't. You know, you shouldn't they shouldn't have the amount of influence to say, obviously, it's their 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 choice and they have to go out and, you know, um, you know, obviously, you know, put up their opposing argument about this deal. They wouldn't be it wouldn't be a, a deal without that. I'm just saying that the amount of hypocrisy is alarming in this deal because, you know, you're basically making concessions. You're basically saying Xbox is going to do these things that they've been vehemently opposed to doing. We know Phil was open to everything. 
you know, he's open to, to making these concessions and offering, you know, longstanding. They offered him a 10-year deal. And they took a step back and said, well, that might not be good enough. What else do you want me to do, Luke? <laughs> like, yeah. well, what, what else What else do I need to offer you? Do, do you want to cut it a deal? <laughs> you know, I, I don't know good what point. else to give you at this point. So to me, I and I understand Sony has to make your argument, but it's baseless. That's why I think all of this, and, and we know Xbox is prepared for this. I feel like they have been. And then Activision on the other side coming out saying they are going to fully fight and support this deal with Xbox goes to show you the, the unity there. They they know this deal needs to happen from a larger transmedia standpoint. Shout out to, to Pong for that term, um, because that's what this is all about. We're not talking uh, the, 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 the level cap. Luke used to be 150 million consoles. That was a cap unless you're Nintendo. They're talking mm-hmm. about two, three billion gamers at this point. We mm-hmm. need to be able to reach these audiences. This deal is going to speed that process up a lot. You know what I mean? This deal is going to allow us to have the studios, the reach. We get everything we need at one time. We get mobile. You know, we get all these old great IPs. We get a, you know, probably one of the largest IPs on earth in Call of Duty. You know, everybody knows it's, it's multi-platform. We get everything we need in this one deal. So I'm 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 not conceding. I, I'm conceding everything up until that Game Pass point. So I do agree with you, Fame. Um, I do think the deal is going to go through. It has been a bit of a bumpy ride. I feel like Xbox has expected most of it, although some of the recent, you know, Sony stuff has been a little, a little weird. You know, Phil's kind of, I don't know if you saw that last interview, he, he did seem a little more annoyed than usual, you know, by some mm-hmm. of the questions and, you know, some of the things that he's been asked. Because I feel like at this point, they're just throwing stuff at the wall, trying to slow this down, you know, tr- trying to buy time. Because let's not forget, while Sony's saying all of this, they just announced that they got 10 to 12 games as a service games that they're working on in the meantime. So mm-hmm. let's slow this down while we try and get our stuff together. And it right. kind of feels like that's what's going on. Sony got caught with their pants down, people. There's no way to say it. Game Pass is a market disruptor. And Sony was not ready for Game Pass. You know, Nintendo does its own thing. I know, didn't they, matter of fact, didn't they mention, and uh, you might be able to quote it here, Luke, didn't they mention something about Nintendo? Yeah. Didn't Sony they were, mention? Yes, they were. The theory they kind of were putting out there is that xbox is trying to uh turn sony into nintendo which i found amusing because like (laughs) what do you mean by that given that nintendo is making money every single week i wish look xbox xbox and sony wish they were nintendo pokemon just sold 10 million copies in three days like what are we talking about right after sony was bragging about god of war selling 5.1 million nintendo's like hold my beer so Mm -hmm. if you're telling me hey i'm going to turn you to the company where your first party title sales double <laughs> yeah turn me into that company that's cool <laughs> that's cool yeah, i'll do just, that it just feels baseless it just feels baseless once again it feels like we're just trying to we got to do what we got to do you know what i mean this is part of you know you know being co- competitive you know we got to slow this thing down you know throw all this weird stuff out um that doesn't really hold any weight to me that's why i said it just feels like they're buying time at this point trying to figure out what they're doing. You know, listen, we let's not forget, Sony didn't have a show this year. We didn't get a Sony event. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't have a big blowout event this year. So I really feel like they're just kind of buying time, waiting on, you know, a lot of that third-party stuff, uh, a lot of their first-party stuff with the games of service um, to kind of hit the ground and run. So um, I, don't, I think the deal is going to go through. I don't really think there's a threat to it. Um, I think a lot of the stuff that we hear coming out is a little, little bit of sensationalism. Um, because I feel like Microsoft expects a lot of this uh, criticism, a, a lot of the stuff, the hurdles that they've had to jump over. Uh, but mm-hmm. I do think ultimately, Luke, it's going to go through. 
Um, I just hope they don't concede the game pass stuff. I hope they don't. I mean, Phil's a good guy, but I'm not doing a deal if you're asking me not to put it in a service that I specifically created to separate myself from you. Mm-hmm. It's good logic. No, I can't argue that logic at all. It makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. So, boys, do you, call it right now. I know you've said it, but I want to make clear. Uh, my question is a yes or no. Do you think the Xbox deal goes through or the acquisition deal goes through? Yes. A hundred percent. Yes. And I'm in agreement with you as well. I think it goes through also. All right, boys, we got about five, 10 minutes left and I want to get to some listener questions and kind of spin those. Uh, This first question comes from Mr. Kevin Ainsworth. He says, Luke, with your newfound Sonic fandom, will you go back to experience past Sonic games? I highly recommend Sonic Adventures 2 and Sonic Heroes as two of my favorites. Uh, for context, listeners, uh, I went down a rabbit hole. I was I was at a lull in God of War. There's a slow slog kind of in the middle, and I jumped into Sonic Origins. I played all three old Sonic games, had a blast with those. Uh, th- shout out to Respawning When You Die, because that's why I could never finish those games. Uh, and I'm, I've been a, a passive Sonic fan, boys. I, I, I've Fan, comma, boys. Uh, I have absolutely enjoyed uh, different Sonic games, but never really beaten them. And... I loved Sonic Adventure 2 back on my Dreamcast. Shout out to Dreamcast. Damn, I missed that console. Um, (laughs) But with Frontiers kind of here, with Sonic Mania being amazing and Sonic Origins being out there, I've just been kind of enjoying this character in a way that I haven't before. Um, I am going to go back and check out some some more of the Sonic games, but I have beaten Mania. I have beaten all the Origins titles. Uh, I'm enjoying Frontiers right now. That, to me, is a game that is not done, but I'm still having a blast with it. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. uh, boys, I extend the question to you. Where were you at Sonic? Uh, something you're a fan of, or did you play Frontiers? Um, well, I guess I'll go first here. Uh, well, I don't, I don't, I haven't played Frontiers, so okay. I'm a huge, huge, huge Sonic fan. I haven't played very much Sonic in a long time, so I'm okay. be honest with you, fully transparent here. Don't want to be fake. So, um, I just as much as I, as much as I am a fan of the Sonic character, you mm-hmm. know, the games don't necessarily hit for me the way they used to be. You know, sure. my my taste has changed. Now, I think I am going to try Frontiers because of the whole open world aspect. It looks extremely fun. And mm-hmm. I've, I've dabbled in Sonic games along the way, different systems, you know, 360. There was a ton of, you know, games, obviously, uh, you know, like you said, Dreamcast even, you know, you dabbled there as well, too. But I, I haven't really gotten back into uh, any Sonic games. But Frontiers looks like a, a good place to start. I have mm-hmm. heard some of the same things you've heard. Uh, shout out to Everborn as well. He's a huge Sonic fan. Been playing the crap out of Frontiers, but I have some of the uh, heard some of the same criticisms. Luke, um, mm-hmm. is that is, you? Is the does the game feel like? What do you mean by unfinished? Because I've heard that before. So the gameplay is amazing. Like what they've set up, the traversal methods, the speed, it all feels good. But there is a lot of uh, texture pop in, not texture pop in. I'm sorry, level pop in, meaning that platforms that you can platform on it kind of pops in late because you're going so fast. Uh, And there are elements of the world that feel barren. And that Uh, is not a good sign. Now, The concession, of course, is that if you need an open area to go fast in, this is a 3D Sonic. And honestly, this is a great foundation for more. There are levels that make me feel like Sonic Adventure 3 is coming, which is cool. But I mean, we've gotten a slew of bad Sonic games in history. We've gotten a lot of great ones, too. This feels like it's a Sonic Adventure title prequel. Like, I feel mm, like okay. the recipe is there. They haven't figured out the time 
How long does it need to be in the oven? What's the right call? That's the thing with Sonic, though, Luke. Like, I don't, I don't know what it is. It never feels like it's the right time. Like, it yeah. never feels like it's quite what Sonic needs to be. I don't even know what Sonic needs to be myself. That's what I'm saying. Like, I've, I've been so detached because of the inconsistency of the games being made that I haven't really, you know, been all that invested. You know, so, but it yeah. never really feels like this is going to be the next Sonic game. I don't, and I don't, I don't know if you're gonna. Do you, I, I, you probably kind of get what that means, but to me, it never feels like this is the next Sonic that I'm going to jump into. And I don't know why. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's just a disconnection between me, um, you know, and the IPs and not playing for so long. So, um, but I, I'll definitely try Frontier. I'll probably have to catch it on sale and be honest with you. Probably that's how you should do it. Sale, no, that's exactly um, how you should do Something like that. Um, but I'll, I'll definitely want to try it out because it, it looks fresh. It looks new. I like the whole idea of a, like a pseudo open world Sonic. Um, and like, I love Sonic. I've always been a Sega kid. Sorry. You know, I'm, I've always been a Sega kid from day one. Um, so I have a soft spot in my heart for Sonic. So I'm gonna go back and I'll, I have to try it. What do you think, Fame? At this point in my life, I'm more of a, I'm waiting for the next Sonic movie. I, I haven't enjoyed <laughs> Sonic. I'm be honest. I, I haven't enjoyed a Sonic game probably since so- Sonic heroes if i the last time like i really enjoy sonic bro mm-hmm. uh i don't see myself playing frontiers unless you know it goes on game pass <laughs> uh, <laughs> i don't see myself i i just i don't i don't see much joy in that game for me right now i'm kind of out on sonic as a game mm-hmm. not out on not out on him as a character just sure. out on him as a as a game right now sure Fair. I can't argue that. And and play it on sale. Wait for patches. I say that about a lot. And I talked uh, briefly about talking about the double A games. This feels like a double A experience that has triple A elements in the same way that a game like Evil West kind of feels double A to uh, me. Okay, okay. Uh, in the same same way that Darksiders feels double A to me because I love Darksiders. I'm enjoying Evil West. Uh, I, shoot, part of me wants to put out Gotham Knights in this category. I am down for the sevens. I'm down to play all the sevens <laughs> in the world. I love I love you for that, Luke. I really love you for that. That's a real gamer, people. I love that. It's but it's true, man. I just want to play games. And I think sometimes we get so stuck. I gotta play the best. You know what's pr- the, the worst part about right now for me playing God of War? Is I'm playing God of War and this game is fantastic in so many ways, but like there are parts where I'm straight up bored, where I think the pacing is really bad here and there. And because the pacing's not great in these one one or two sections, what am I doing? I'm over here critiquing uh, the sequel to a masterpiece, and that's not fun, right? When I play a seven, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm just there to have my fun and enjoy myself. And that is is what we think we should be doing every time we play a game, is looking for the fun and looking to enjoy ourselves. And we don't do that sometimes, you know? We yeah. forget to do that. No, that's facts. So so that, I think that's why I enjoy games the way I do. Why those sevens? I'm like, yo, put me in there. Uh, because I'm over here critiquing God of War when I should just be enjoying the fact that this is a masterpiece of a game. So that's I think that's where I'm getting that that vibe from. Yeah, I agree. I agree. We so often do that. You know, we turn from gamers to, to critics like the, the transition. We don't even notice most times. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, it's tough. It's tough not to do it. You know, when you're a consumer, you spend a lot of money on these games and spend a lot of time. You want the experience to be what you want them to be. It doesn't always match up. You know, most time it doesn't match up, to be honest with you. Um, you just make do best with what you have. But um, in this day and age of patches and games seemingly not ending, you know, like 
the the version of the game you get day day one is probably not going to be the version you get day you know 200 right so games right. evolve over time even after they come out so that's the beauty of all of this is that a seven you know quote unquote air quote seven like an evil west or something can mm-hmm. still turn into something else over time you know because of the advent you know because of the they're, they're being able to updates and dlcs and hot pitches and patches things like that so i'm i've learned over time luke to just mm-hmm. like let it marinate sometimes we got to let these games marinate like mm-hmm. can't be so quick to write them off let them marinate give the devs time to make changes or do what they need to do um and a lot of times these games end up growing on you you know it doesn't have to hit right away a lot of times do y'all ever get what i get with like because you're a content creator you feel like you got to play it all right then and there uh, yeah <laughs> yeah keeping up with the joneses yep. it'll get us in trouble man yep. mm-hmm. as the worst thing you can do i think to enjoy a game is try and live up to everyone else's timeline especially i'm busy yep. I want to play what I want to play. <laughs> I got I got work. I got I got I got a wife. I got kids. I don't have time to try to and that's the same thing with movies too. Like I I made a tweet like uh with Wakanda Forever. I had to like just get off the internet because there's always somebody who just wants those extra clout tokens for this week. Mm-hmm. And they have to talk about the and ruin things. But mm-hmm. I I I I've had to force myself to stop trying to buy everything and beat everything to keep up because we can't. Like some people just have the ability to just live life vicariously and well, not live like ever. They, they can live life without having other responsibilities and I can't keep up with them. I got too much other stuff to do. Yep. Agree. Agreed. Boys, I want to get to one last question uh, because Edward Varnell does such a good job at writing in every week. He always puts me on my toes. I don't know if you guys know Edward, but Edward, check out their content if you haven't, man. He's awesome. Uh, he writes in, he says, has Microsoft given up on creating a diversity of genres and stuck themselves with only Western design games that feel similar and less creative? Has Nintendo first party set up set a bar that Microsoft aren't capable of reaching? And see, it's funny to me to hear Edward's what? question. Now, he, he's a die. <laughs> hold on. Edward is a diehard Nintendo fan. And to his credit, Nintendo does have a diversity of genres displayed. But I chuckle because I see a bigger diversity in Microsoft's catalog than I do Sony's. I see a different quality bar, but like in terms of diversity, I feel like a lot of Sony games are are very similar. Um, and I, I'm surprised by this, with this only Western design feel uh, and less creative, particularly given the context that Sony is, or, or sorry, Square Enix recently came out and said, yeah, we can't keep making games for Japan. That doesn't work. So uh, gentlemen, Blam, let's go with you first because of your reaction. Uh, has Microsoft given up on a diversity of genres and is Nintendo peak in this category? No. I don't want to hear anything from, from Nintendo fans about diversity. As long as you guys get Pokemon and Mario, you guys are fine. So I don't, I don't want to hear anything about no diversity because Link still doesn't talk. I don't, I don't want to hear anything about diversity. Like As long as you guys get the same five games a year, that's not diversity in my opinion. So um, just barring that, now now shout out to, you said it was Edward. Shout out to Edward. Great question, by the way. I'm giving you a hard time, so don't hate me for that. But um, no, I, I don't agree with that at all. Like I don't, the, the quality is different. That's a different argument. And quality is subjective. People forget mm-hmm. that. Quality mm-hmm. is subjective. There are some things that we can see with our eyes. A game is broken. It doesn't work. But there's some other things like gameplay facets and things that are more subjective and more nuanced. But no, I think they're extremely diverse. I think that's one of the best things about Xbox. Now, the type of developers that they're going out and buying, these are developers that have made multiple different types of games. 
Like, if you go look at some of these acquisitions, matter of fact, go look. Just we don't even need to go far. Look at this ABK deal. Look at all the studios that they took off of other things that made other games just to make Call of Duty. That's why Xbox is part of the reason why they're making this purchase. We need to get that talent back on some of this other stuff that these other that these developers made and take them off of Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. So their whole intention is we we you have a ton of IP sitting dormant that we know these 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 developers can make. We have all this talent and we put them on one IP for 10 years. Let's get these guys off of these off Call of Duty and let them make other stuff. You know, I don't know how you could say that when you see a game like Pentiment, when you see a game like Obsidian. These are games that otherwise Josh Sawyer just came out and said that Pentiment wouldn't be made if it wasn't for Game Pass. It wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Game Pass. And Pentiment's not a run of the mill game. (laughs) That's not something that comes out every year. Pentiment's definitely a one off, you know, and Xbox. And the cool thing about what they've been doing with the acquisitions is that. Phil and they and they've said it and you see you heard developers come out and say they've allowed us to work autonomously. They've allowed mm-hmm. us to just be creative. You know, they bought the company and said, hey, here's more money to do what you want to do. Here's more resources to make the kind of games you want to make. We don't dictate the type of games that these studios make. That's the beauty of the acquisitions and the, the mindset change that, where they currently reside. Phil, Satya, we want all of this talent because we want to make sure this talent has enough resources and finances to do what it's supposed to do, which is go out and make awesome experiences. We don't dictate the type of experiences that they make. But if you look in Game Pass, if you look at what games are coming, they're not all, I get it. There's a lot of like Western RPGs, you know, with the whole Blizzard, you know, not Blizzard, with the whole um, Zenimax purchase. That was pretty much a bunch of Western RPG makers. But there's a lot of talent there and they've made a lot of different games. So I don't agree with that. The quality argument is different, but I don't agree with the the fact that, you know, you may feel like there's not enough variety. And I don't think Nintendo was the bar for variety at all when they make Pokemon, Mario, and Kirby, you know what I mean? I don't, I, what's the, what's the, you know, what's the last new IP to come out of Nintendo? That was a hit. Ooh, Splatoon. Mean. <laughs> Splatoon. Splatoon 3 died. Probably, as as well, I, that's, that's what I'm saying. What, what variety is he talking about? Cause I don't see variety on Nintendo side. Pokemon selling 20 million copies again, again. Then with Breath of the Wild is going to come out. That's going to do the same thing again. That's not new content. So I don't know what this idea of variety, where is the variety on Nintendo? Uh, Fame, what you got on this one? I, I just I just think about games that we've talked about during this podcast. We've talked about Pentiment. Uh, we've talked about Bleeding Edge. Again, games that probably, you know, wouldn't have existed had not been for for Microsoft. I, I don't think Microsoft has backed themselves into a corner. It, it is a great question. It's good to think about. Oh, I do think definitely. Microsoft is, is about to be a Western RPG powerhouse. When you look at Starfield and you look at uh, the next Elder Scrolls and you look at um, Avowed and you look at the Outer Worlds, so yeah, that's going to be an absolute powerhouse. However, you still got other games, whether A, smaller titles, Grounded, See if these Microsoft is probably, in my opinion, probably the most diverse game maker right now, platform holder, right? I, I think they make more diverse games than, than Sony. They make more diverse games than Nintendo. I don't think I think they're more so diverse than they've ever been. And I think that's what they want. They're gonna find a game for you. And that was one of the things that people made fun of Xbox about, like, oh, they're just they're just doing shooters. You know, do bro console, right? They only make shooter games. Gears, 
Halo Gears Forza, right? <laughs> they've broken that mold. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they've shattered it. You know, you want third person over the shoulder action adventure. Here goes Hellblade. You want a racer. You know, you still want the racer games. You know, here here's Forza. You want something smaller. You want something story driven. Here's Pentiment. You want something totally different. Here's Grounded. Uh, you want you still want that FPS. Here's Halo. There's you you want a Western RPG. Oh, here's a brand new one by one of the best developers going Obsidian. Here's Avowed. They uh, the only type of game you could say they're quote unquote missing is those Japanese type games, which as you can see, Microsoft is working overtime to make sure we get games like Persona 5 and stuff like that over to the console. I don't know when or if they'll ever have I mean technically they do have a Japanese studio. Um Tango. Is it Tango? Tango yeah. yeah. They, it, so we could definitely see Japanese games coming out of Tango. They technically I, I, I don't know if they'll you know how difficult it is to get more, uh, but they have a Japanese studio and and Tango. I don't know if they're still going to make those type of games, but uh, I think the diversity is there for Xbox more so than ever. Even more so, you know they're diverse when they're getting made fun of for releasing games like Pentiment. Like people, like PlayStation will release God of War and Xbox will release Pentiment, and people compare them side by side. Oh, look what Xbox is dropping versus what the PlayStation drop. I'm like, so. so so do y'all want diversity from Xbox? You don't. You want Halo <laughs> Gears Forza? Or do you want them to create a bunch of assortment type of games and you find out whether you like it or not? Mm-hmm. I, I think people are complaining about the thing that they wanted from Xbox. Mm-hmm. Let them create. Yep. I think you're right. I think you're absolutely correct. I think uh, when you look at the games coming out of Game Pass, when you look at the stuff that's in development, when you look at what's been what they've been willing to green light, they are, I mean, Battletoads came out, right? That was a small mm-hmm. one. That was before kind of, before we really had the, the the revolution of kind of older IP kind of coming back in the ways that it is. And they, they greenlit it. They were like, yep, yeah, sure. Let it, let it happen. Bleeding edge. Let it happen. Hit, miss. We're going to let these games happen and see how they do. Um, I think Microsoft has a stigma of a lot of old demons that continue to follow them around from the Xbox one era from the late connect era. And those stigmas are what people are latching on to, but the reality is very different. The number of exclusive games, the number of games available, the number of ways to access those games, those have all improved tenfold in this generation. And I think there are old mindsets that are stuck and without trying to put too fine a point on it, if you're comparing to Nintendo that's operating on hardware that chugs and can't play modern games and it can't even play their own Pokemon games, which has been very evident, um, there's a lot of, I think, hypocritical approaches when it comes to people critiquing Xbox. It just feels like there's a lot of hypocrisy happening. Um, Quality is indeed subjective. Experiences are subjective, but... What's not subjective is how well a game runs, uh, how many genres are available, how many games are available, uh, what's being offered at different price points. Those are objective uh, observations, and Microsoft is doing, I think, very well in this category. And Sony's doing pretty darn well, all things considered, in that category as well. We're in a nice age where it is unique and different from the older consoles where you can be doing well and not be number one, and you're still successful. 
That's crazy that you said that, Luke. You need to put that on a T-shirt. You need to put that in quotations on Twitter because that's absolutely true. The big three, or this is probably the healthiest all three have been all at one time. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Well, boys, we went overtime in the best way. I had an absolute <laughs> blast talking with you guys. This was this was my favorite episode of XCP this year. Kid you not. Bar none. Yes, sir. Um, oh, that's awesome, just, bro. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Such a good time just getting to hang out with you guys. Uh, Blam, please let the people know where they can find your content once again. So you can catch me on Twitter, PTK Blam. Hi, PTK Blam as well. Once again, go there, you know, if, if you're on there, that platform. Uh, but I want to say first and foremost, before I give myself, you know, shout outs here. Uh, thank you, Luke. Once again, you guys do me a favor. Please support Luke, XCP, everything he has going on. We need more content from this man. You, you put on an amazing shoot show, Luke. You're one of the few people that I watch every single week. I make sure I tune in, leave my reviews, hit my stars, hit my likes, all of that good stuff, and make sure you continue to get the support that you deserve, brother. You're doing a phenomenal thank job. You. So first and foremost, thank you for allowing me to come on this awesome show and spend a little time with you this morning, as well thank as you, fame. Always love, brother, from day one. You already know. Yes, sir. Um, <laughs> but yeah, find me, PTK Blam, everywhere. I do host the Shop Podcast once again every saturday 6 p.m az time 8 p.m est until the time changes once again then i'll, I'll have to re-update everybody on what that is but we have a phenomenal show if you want to get your weekend started the right way come hang out with us at the, uh, the shop podcast shout out pong as well as fuzzy as well but yeah that's you can catch us that's where the content's gonna be and once again thank you luke for allowing me to hang out with you this morning brother hey anytime it was an absolute pleasure to have you uh and i appreciate the kind words uh fame where are we finding you brother yeah, uh, same as PTK, man. Uh, Luke, I, I appreciate the invite, my brother. It's always good to talk to you. Uh, I never forget the first time we was on a, on a, on a show together. He's on two XP, and uh, the tornadoes decided to come down from the sky <laughs> and ruin our shows. So we gotta we gotta make up for that again. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, LV One Gaming everywhere. If you see a, a floating red phoenix, that's us. LV One Gaming on YouTube. LV One Gaming dot com. Uh, check out our site uh lots of great stuff there we're always looking for new people who want to get their foot in the uh gaming industry so if you're someone who says man i have a voice i want it to be heard um but i i can't walk into the ign i can't walk up to game spot and get opportunity i give out opportunities at level1gaming.com because at level one we say yes as long as you have a passion for it and you want to do it we say yes so again shout out to shout out to you luke for having me on shout out to you ptk it's been one hell of a show it's a great way to start Sunday morning. Oh, that's brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, and gentlemen, uh, I, I thank you so much. Please, listeners, go support these guys. Find them on Hive. Find them on Twitter. Find them on YouTube. Uh, and show them some love. Those likes, those stars, those mean the absolute world. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter and Hive at Insipid Ghost. You can also find uh, this show on all your podcast services. And if you're interested in checking out some YouTube shorts, uh, go over there to the YouTube channel uh, at Xbox Expansion Pass and see what's up. Because uh, I'm exploring this realm and figuring out the right ways to tell stories there, the do's and don'ts and whatnot. And I would love for you guys to be on that journey with me. That's it for me, guys. Have a great rest of your week. Take care. Thank you.